Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Exordia Creative Podcast. It's a holiday Monday. It's quiet here in the office, and we're going to start it off like we always do with a classic bubbly opening. What is Civic Holiday? Great question, but I'll, I'll answer that after this. I think we should almost clip that and just have that as the intro. That could just be our intro sound. Right when it starts. Like right when it starts. Like yeah. before I say, hey, welcome back to the podcast, we just record the audio just from that and then... So I think like in Canada, we get one holiday a month, usually, and maybe civic holiday is just, there's nothing else in August. Is there a family day or something? I don't know. I don't know. It's so just, out of touch with holidays. There's nothing else, so we'll just have one. Yeah. Yeah, we don't really do that. No, we don't. In our line of work. We don't really do that. I don't, yeah. I'd, I just realized yesterday it's a holiday today. Yeah. So we're all here for the holiday, everybody. Hope you're enjoying it kicking back in a lawn chair maybe you're getting some work done whatever you're doing hope you're loving it so a couple podcasts ago i'm not sure if it was last podcast or the podcast before that mm-hmm. one um we talked about all those large twitter accounts getting hacked like yes. kanye west elon musk and all those guys so there's a new update to that and as it turns out it was a florida teen um he basically hang on i'm gonna pull it up because i want to get i want to get exactly what was what was reported here what you were telling me he like found a way to socially engineer his way in yeah by calling the company and pretending that he worked in the it department yeah so authorities provided new details on friday um alleging that clark who's this teen used social engineering to convince a twitter employee that he was a co-worker in the it department and had the employee provide credentials to access the customer service portal brilliant they should probably hire clark i'm probably. sure they're already in talks with him trying probably. to figure out how if to prevent he, that from happening. Unless he's getting jail time, which I don't know if he is. Because, like, technically he was frauding, number one, and stealing all that Bitcoin. So Yeah. That's that's actually pretty common in um, tech is mm-hmm. if they find somebody who can expose, like, a vulnerability, they try to get them on their team and yeah. work with them to be like, hey, how'd you do that? Yeah. I mean, you might as well, right? Like, he did do you a favor. He did. Even if he was, like, if he had malicious intentions or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he obviously did, but... Yeah, so that's some interesting I stuff. I wonder if uh, they confiscated um, his money or if there's an investigation going on right now. I don't know. I just I just saw the headline, so I, I, t- I, took, a, I took a watch. I took a listen. I read it over. And yeah. It's crypto, right? On. And if he has the wherewithal to, to do that, then he probably mm-hmm. knows how to like hide a private key somewhere and yeah. keep that money for when he gets out of jail or something. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So, Clark, maybe you might get hired after you're done your jail time or whatever you got going on. I wonder how much he made. Oh man, some of those accounts had so many followers, and I'm sure like people fall for that stuff. Yeah, right. So how many how many total followers do you think he spoke to at that time? Apple, Elon Musk, Kanye West, several like there was more than just that. So like hundreds of millions, maybe hundreds of millions. Okay, so let's say it's a hundred million. Yeah, let's say maybe five percent fall for it. Yeah, and maybe of that five percent, maybe. 10 to 5% follow through with it. Yeah. So that's already a lot of people. A lot of people. And then and maybe, imagine if they gave like 100 bucks worth of Bitcoin or whatever. Maybe 10% of those people actually had crypto to give. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he made... He, eh, maybe. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. I'd be interested to know for sure. Yeah. What a, what a little scheme. I wonder how old he is. I didn't say how old he was. But, but in, like he is doing the company a service by exposing that. He is. In a way. He is in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if he didn't take all the money from people, it'd be a different outcome for the guy and he could go work at Twitter. But 
a black hat hacker yeah, they call it maybe facebook will pick them up yeah <laughs> as opposed to a white hat speaking of social media news uh there was an antitrust hearing last week i tuned into it briefly i didn't i didn't uh tune in too much did you watch any of it or all of it or some of it i didn't watch any of it um i read a couple recaps yeah so it was uh tim cook ceo of apple it was mark zuckerberg ceo of facebook um jeff bezos ceo of amazon and i forget the guy's name pichai yeah uh, sundar Sundar? yeah sundar pichai ceo of uh google yeah i believe so they're basically just being interrogated um by this antitrust committee of congress people and um each business kind of had like a different critique that they're being attacked with Mm -hmm. like for example in apple it was how they regulate their app store and how they determine who's allowed to make apps and who's not and what kind of fees there are yeah um facebook for example is like their their anti-competitive actions like trying to buy out and threaten smaller companies and they were using like transcripts from the instagram buyout way back in the day yeah to kind of accuse mark zuckerberg of uh, being like threatening and and kind of like predatory toward trying to buy instagram um i don't really know what came of it i think basically they're going to take all their answers and spend the next couple months coming up with a report mm-hmm. to um maybe set set up some new kind of antitrust laws because these laws are old right like, yeah these are from the 1920s yeah when it was like the rockefeller empire and um those old uh i don't know what, what um i think they were involved in like oil mm-hmm. and like building tycoons but the point is the laws were designed to prevent like monopolistic uh industries for them and now it's like okay translate this to to tech where these people are just as rich but way more powerful and way more influential yeah and the laws don't necessarily translate the same it's all it's all new stuff right and like we see this every time any of these like people with superhuman abilities have to testify in front of congress like the laws kind of lag to the kind of industry that they're in yeah laws lag in every single industry though you know, there needs there needs to be a refresh because we're moving so quickly with technology and stuff. A lot of the stuff is outdated, so I think this is kind of a band aid for or like exposing this this part specifically to the broader issue. Yeah, which is that we need to update our stuff. Yeah, for Google, um, they were found uh, stealing content from Yelp. Mm-hmm. Like they basically just take the Yelp reviews and automatically migrate them over to Google, and basically Yelp appealed this and they reached out to google back in the day when this happened and google was like do you want us to just completely delist you or can we keep taking your reviews yeah essentially yeah so really bullying a little bit. yeah no no absolutely bullying really interesting power dynamics yeah like for amazon um they uh they refer to their sellers as like internal competitors Mm -hmm. and they try to beat out their own sellers sometimes and they like um they restrict what their sellers can sell. Like for example, there was this huge textbook publisher um, that was starting to eat into Amazon's market share. So Amazon slowly started restricting uh, the certain types of books that they could sell. And they kind of like systematically uh, wiped out their whole product offering. Wow. In this company, they haven't sold anything in like 10 months. Wow. And they used to be the number one seller. That's crazy. For textbooks. Yeah. So what do you think from your perspective? Do you think these companies are too large and they need to or do you just think these laws need to be updated well i think like the principle of 
antitrust laws is is important, right? Like, I don't think any one company or any one entity should be given unlimited power mm-hmm. with like no recourse and no accountability. Of course not. But like, how you go about setting that up in a in a way that's fair in a landscape that's always changing is difficult. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, if, for example, in the case of uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, this is just economies of scale, right? Like bigger companies are always going to have the leverage to buy smaller companies. Mm -hmm. And what's a perfect market, I think is really hard to determine. And who do you ask that? Yeah. You you know what I mean? Like, sure, competition is good, but, you know, if you do a good job and you make a a big company like Facebook, you're going to have the resources to buy up other companies. Mm -hmm. So where do you draw the line, right? Like those are really complex questions. And and I don't know, like I, I like to support you know, the, the little guy. Um, but also some people design companies to be bought up. Exactly. A lot of tech companies are, are, are structured that way. They, they plan to build it and exit. Yeah. Right. Like that's some of their goals. Yeah. So and it, that's, that's like a viable plan. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I think, I think it's really difficult to, mm-hmm. to regulate and it's going to take a lot of people and a lot of study of, of what's going on. Yeah. It is really scary. Um, how, all this power is kind of like amalgamating in a few central places, mm-hmm. but it's nothing new. No, um, it's just really interesting to see how it translates to to tech. Yeah, like these are literally superhuman people, right? Like yeah, it's four of the most powerful people in the world. Yeah, in human form, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it's yeah, insane, crazy. And I believe this was Jeff Bezos' first time first time testifying before Congress too. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, yeah, I know Zuckerberg uh, has in the past, but yeah. I'm not really familiar with anybody else. Yeah. And then there was, uh, I, I did watch a couple of clips, like some of the highlights from it. And a congressman was asking <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg about one of his tweets. One of his tweets got okay. removed or something. Okay. And he's like, that's not our platform. <laughs> like, it was pretty funny. There's a couple of those cringy moments where they... <laughs> oh, like they they confused the platforms? Yeah. 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 And, and Twitter and obviously wasn't there because it's Twitter, but yeah. And that's the problem, right? Like... These Congress people, I don't know what qualifications you need to join the antitrust committee or how they select people to make the decisions, mm-hmm. but like these are politicians, right? And these mm-hmm. are Congress people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, I'm sure they have tech people consulting on the board, but they're not experts, right? No, no. The the last one that the one before this one was was a lot. Um, I don't want to call it funnier, but the the questions were a lot more entertaining. Because some of the questions were so simple and weren't really related to what's Which going. one's that? It was another antitrust hearing, okay. but it was, I think it was just Zuckerberg. And he, it was, oh, yeah. yeah, they were asking him like Wi-Fi questions. And anyway, it's crazy to disconnect. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like we need regulation in place in some capacity, but mm-hmm. I couldn't even begin to, to like articulate how I feel about, about that. Like it's such a complex issue. It is. It is. Yeah. For sure. So there's that. Um, also, kind of the same, kind of not at all. We're working on our website, <laughs> uh, the Exordia Creative website. So we did some headshots last week, which is nice, exciting, getting some fresh content. Um, so we're just combing through those. What else is going on, Jared? Yeah, um, I'm really pumped because our website's been under construction for a while. So we're kind of working on like a new, a new theme, a new aesthetic. We're not changing our branding or anything. That's not going anywhere. Um, but I'm just really excited to freshen things up and we do get a lot of traffic on our website. Um, believe it or not, 
not not as much as anybody who sat in at the antitrust hearing last week but we get a lot so it'll be nice to have a place for people to go to yeah check out what we do and our services and a little more about us yeah kind of just a more like a more in-depth um look at our company because at the moment you really only have like what you see on the surface level on instagram exactly. and yeah and whatnot and people still do reach out to us and we can kind of explain it and there's a lot of word of mouth that goes on but just to have that kind of yeah. centralized place where people can come check it out yeah i'm really excited the website looks great so far i'm not going to uh tie ourselves to like a, a deadline of when it's going to be published but you better believe we're going to let you know yeah we're working on all the content writing quentin's been putting together some portfolio stuff and we're really excited yeah so yeah stay tuned guys should be fun. Might be able to buy some merch on, on the, the website, website as well. Oof. Speaking of merch, guys, we got our embroidering sample yes mm-hmm. last week. Um, looks sweet. Very excited about that. Um, are we placing an order this week? Yeah, so um, we've, we've figured out where we're going to get the blanks, and the blanks are coming. But um, right now we're just kind of looking for, like, application techniques for the embroidery part and and figuring out if we want to work with this company that we're working with now or if we want to go elsewhere or maybe switch up the technique point being we've got the design we've got the blanks we're just kind of honing in on on the final details yeah and um once we get that we can start accepting pre-orders yeah and i really want to reiterate like these are canadian made hoodies really high quality heavy best best sweatshirt you're probably going to have in your entire closet um and thank you to everybody that's reached out and um in support and that want to that want to buy a hoodie that's awesome um, so that's exciting. Yeah, we've got a decent uh, amount of orders already, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, let us know if um, if you guys want to pre-order one and we'll set something up. Yeah, for sure. Send us a message on Instagram or something. Yeah. Last week we had uh, we had a consultation in our office. Yes. And that's, that's something that, and, and again, this is going to be on our website because a lot of our services, um, like you just think we just do social media, think we just do production based off our Instagram or whatever. Um, so we do do consultations. We did one last week. And one of the things that we were talking about besides the social media consultation was, um, again, it goes back to these business lessons that we've been talking about. And we talked a little bit about staying lean and living within your means and, and that kind of thing. And that's something that we've, that we've learned. COVID definitely woke us up to that, um, how important it is to be lean, not yeah. burning cash. So just another little business lesson. If you can keep your costs low, which I'm sure you can find a couple things um, that you can cut out, um, yeah, stay lean. Yeah, it's it's so important. Like um, we work with a lot of people in the clothing industry who want to start brands and a lot of them, um, they have this goal to open a brick and mortar or maybe multiple brick and mortar, like an actual physical store uh, as opposed to digital retailer. They want to do both, but they a lot of people are really seem to be asphyxiated on the store mm-hmm. because I think it kind of like establishes you. And it kind of like validates your idea like, hey, look, I've got this real space that you can come check out. Yep. And a lot of people, they look at it as like this downside where they can't afford the brick and mortar um, and they aren't able to get into that yet. And I'm like, that is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Like every time I hear I hear somebody who wanted a brick and mortar who couldn't get one, I'm like, that's the universe telling you um, and letting you off the hook easy. Yeah. Like that is such a liability. Guys, like it's e-commerce. Okay. Brick and mortar is done. You can't be doing that, especially as a small business. Yep. This this is true on any on multiple levels of the industry. This is true even for larger retailers. Majority of the volume of sales is coming online. 
for most clothing manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're huge and you're a global brand and you need a couple of like flagship stores for, you know, like experiential uh, marketing purposes, then I think that's okay. But don't sweat that you can't have the brick and mortar. The brick and mortar is a liability. It's gonna slow you down. It's gonna eat your cost. It's gonna restrict where you can sell to a geographic uh, location. Don't be upset that you can't have that. And that's also not to say that you shouldn't have like an office space. Like I get it. If you need an office, you need a place to store your inventory or whatever. That's different. But like running and operating a uh, a brick and mortar and having trying to get all of your traffic to go through there just doesn't make as nearly as much sense as it used to. Yeah. Even ten years ago. Yeah. Less than that. Yeah. So. And like just to to continue on the clothing example, it doesn't have to be capital intensive. There are people who. Um, have drop shipping models where they mm-hmm. never touch anything. Mm-hmm. And I understand if you want to be hands on with the quality, there there are like happy mediums to that you need to find when it comes to your sourcing and if you want to have a store or not. But like you don't have to pick a capital intensive business if you don't have capital. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We started our business with very little money. Yeah. Um and it safeguarded us. Yeah. Because we didn't need to take out lines of credit. Yeah. I bought a used camera for four hundred and twenty five dollars on Kijiji. And that was really all the equipment we needed. We had our laptops already. That was really the last piece of equipment that we needed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then you, you take those steps. I know it's not as fast and as sexy as like getting out a line or going to seek out investors or whatever and getting all your capital at once. But there's something to be said about taking it slow and steady. Yeah, like I agree. Just a, when you can, you upgrade. And then when you get, then you get the next piece of equipment that you need, like all that kind of stuff. It's like I said, you don't grow as quickly but it, it is definitely a safer way to go. And I don't even know if it's absolutely true that you don't grow as quickly. Like you grow as fast as, as your, your business model permits you to. But like, yeah, I agree. I'm not saying don't invest your time or don't invest in what you truly believe in mm-hmm. because you should, and you're going to be investing, you know, at least in some capacity, you're gonna be investing your time, if not uh, a lot of your own money yeah, or some of your own money. But let the idea validate itself before you start investing more and more and more and more. Yeah. And I understand there are like cost barriers to entry in some things and you do need to put money in before you get some out sometimes, Mm -hmm. but not everything has to be super capital intensive. Yeah. So just take a look at your costs and stuff and figure out what's absolutely necessary. Yeah. And, 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 and another externality of taking loans and putting yourself under financial stress is as a business owner, this is your number one asset right your your mindset and your mind and if you're going to restrict some of your bandwidth by putting a financial burden on yourself and in mm-hmm. the back of your mind you're thinking i i'm in debt i have a line of credit that i need to pay off that's going to stop you from pursuing what you want yep you know that's going to restrict some of your freedom and it's just going to be like a little a little sandbag a little weight on you yep. at all times yep. and you can't really afford to have that if you need to be really free thinking really adaptive yeah just another part of you know yeah. uh, what's what's wrong with with taking credit. Yeah, and as as like a personal example, one of the things that we're doing we're saving a little bit of cash so that we can decorate our office. Like we got this larger space, we moved from a very small space to a larger space, and yeah, you know we could have take we could have used our credit card, we could have used whatever and like decked the place out. But why not have this little nest egg for more than just the office space, but for everything else? Save the money until we have it, and then do it. Yeah. Right? It's like I'm not saying things. it's wrong to decorate it's, our office, no. Um, but to have that war chest of cash mm. that can be deployed at any time, yep. if we ever want to pivot, or if we ever run into something like COVID, hey, look, 
we don't have to scramble. Yeah. We don't have to take a loan. Yeah. And yeah, I wish our office had cooler furniture. I get it, but that peace of mind is priceless and it frees up your mental bandwidth to focus on what's more important. Yeah. And I think that's priceless. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's all we've got on this on this list here. So I don't know if there's anything else on the top of your dome, what you're thinking about, what you got going on. Um, we, we were supposed to talk about uh, Apple and Amazon. So last week was a big earnings reports week. Mm-hmm. So I think on Thursday and Friday, um, they each announced their Q2 earnings reports. And just for those who are listening, basically Apple and Amazon are publicly traded companies which means they're regulated to be accountable to the public, which means every quarter or every three months uh, in the financial calendar, they have to um, uh, release their earnings reports. So they release their sales. And this is all available uh, to the public. This is all available online. Anybody can look into the nitty gritty of the financials of a company like Apple because they're legally obligated to report it if they want to trade on a stock exchange. Anyway, point being, a lot of analysts and speculators were expecting like little to no growth given everything that's happened in terms of like COVID affecting everybody's supply chain and people don't have as much money and people aren't shopping as much. Anyway, the Apple and Amazon did so phenomenally well that it's just been blowing people's minds. Like for example, um, Amazon uh, year over year, is up 40% already from last year, which nobody forecasted mm-hmm. that they were going to grow at that scale. Apple's up like 12% in terms of sales um, in spite of everything that's going on, which is just insane. Yeah. And there's this saying that like um, crisis accelerates innovation. And it's true, right? Because yeah. these are companies that focus on the digital space, you know, like a big part of what Amazon does is, you know, Amazon Web Services and yep. buying everything online and their uh, logistics infrastructure. Yep. You know, people are, are almost being forced to transition faster online now. Like, think about everybody who now has to work from home who needs a reliable computer, in Apple's case. Yeah. Or who need to buy their kids an iPad. Yeah. And, you know, Apple is transitioning a lot to, like, software as a service models. And... Um, that's been a huge uh, part of the revenue that's growing. So like Apple Music, news, storage, the gaming center, iCloud, like all of these monthly costs. They even have a monthly cost where you pay a monthly fee and every year you get the newest iPhone. Yeah. This is a, this is a, a, a big trend in tech right now is is transitioning to more dependence on this uh, like monthly revenue model, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. But anyway, point being... Um, no one forecasted that they would do this well, really. Yeah. So um, I, I have a quick question. Do yeah. you think that these two stocks are indicative of what's going on in the overall markets? Or do you think that these two are just kind of like the uh, the golden boys? Um, well, you, you got to understand that the market is not the economy. Yeah. Two separate things. The stock market as a whole has been booming. Yeah. It truly has. Obviously, Apple and Amazon are exemplary and they're doing better than most. Mm-hmm. Like... 40%, are you kidding me? If you go look at look at their stocks, uh, July 31st, Friday, was an amazing time to be a shareholder in any of those companies. It's absolutely insane. The stock market as a whole isn't doing that well. It's doing great, though. All the major indexes are at all-time highs. Yes. Cool. That's, that's not necessarily indicative of how people are doing financially in the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of economic turbulence going on right now, but the stock market's doing fantastic. 
Interesting. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Well, what else? Um, Apple is going to be splitting their shares at the end of this month. They're doing like what's called a stock split. So they're doing a four for one split. Basically, every share is being chopped into four pieces. So the idea behind it is an Apple share costs like about 400 bucks. Now, if I own one Apple share, they're going to give me four and they're going to chop the value in four, hmm. basically. So it's kind of like an easier entry point for people who want to invest in Apple. Yeah. If you can't maybe digest the $400 price, then you can buy a $100 share. Yeah. Got it. So they've done this before. It's just kind of a way to keep their prices low, keep keep entry more accessible to people. Smart. You can buy fractional shares um, a lot of the time, but it's just that that price is attractive, right? Yeah. It's kind of similar to how people sell things for $9.99 instead of $10. It's not to save one cent, you know, it's to subconsciously trick you into thinking it's a better value. Yeah. Who else reported their earnings? Dan Bilzerian, the king of Instagram. <laughs> yeah. He What's lost, going on there? He lost $50 million. So what does he do? company Ignite. So Ignite is supposed to be like this lifestyle CBD marijuana brand. Right. Is but it vapes? It's vapes. I think it's water. Like there's a bunch of different product lines. And so we got investors in order to like start this business and stuff. And so you're actually the one that informed me that Dan Bilzerian's earnings report came back and he lost 50 million. I think yeah. they did like 10 million in revenue. And he he tried to tried to write off like $25 million worth of advertising expenses. And so this dude puts his Ignite logo on everything. He puts it on his tanks. He puts it on his guns he, and then tries to write it off. So that's kind of his thing. Um, yeah. Pretty crazy. I don't think the write-off is the problem. I think just not selling anything is the problem. Not selling anything. And then the reason why this all came out and became so public and great, not just because he's a publicly traded company, but because he fired his CEO or his president or somebody for not writing off all this stuff. Okay. And then so he retaliated and said, hey, listen, this business is going to the dump. <laughs> so crazy that sucks yeah i don't life know life is not what instagram looks like everybody yeah i don't know much about his background or um about his company he does fantastic on social media though mm -hmm. so i'm sure that he can figure out some way to leverage that yeah because i his engagement rate's insane yeah so give especially given what type of like account it his is his conversion rate isn't great though he's got like 30 million uh followers and he only did 10 million in sales yeah Brag, brags about like billions of impressions and shit, but it's, he's not actually turning. Well, it's tricky because it's not safe for work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you post pictures of like uh, girls with barely any clothes and, and guns and smoking weed and stuff. So he's really unfiltered. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of partner with, with uh, advertisers and brands that want to align with that kind of an image. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of people probably just like aren't following him. Yeah. You know, you have like the married man who might check it out and then not yeah. not follow or not engage because you don't want to upset your girlfriend or whatever it is. Yeah. So he probably has a lot more eyes on him than. Um, uh oh, it's all good. We're still recording. Yeah, we're still going. OK, I just we just got a memory card error. So I was like, uh oh, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's unfortunate. I'm sure he can find some other way to leverage that into something because he probably has what hundreds of millions of followers or something. 30 million or something, I think. OK, yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. He also lost it. So he was renting an LA mansion for like 200,000 a month. Ooh. And uh, he just got kicked out of there. So. Oh, man. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Big, big. Um, July is always a big month for, for earnings because this is kind of like a reporting deadline for, yeah. for American companies to report what they've done. So yep. if you're ever wondering um, 
when to check out how companies are doing end of july early august is a good time yeah all right is that gonna, that i think we're gonna wrap it up there dude all right thank you for watching guys see, see you, you next, next week time.